Welcome to The Goodest Show, the show on SaaS marketing, from actionable tips and tricks to insightful interviews with industry leaders. Hi, Elvis. Hi, everyone. My name's Elvis. Yeah, thanks for the uh, intro there, Francie. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I used to, I went to Babson for entrepreneurial school and really wanted to start my own startup. Like I said, the first one I joined uh, after graduating was Pickerit. Uh, Picker was this kind of crowdsourced uh, search engine platform where people can kind of grab together information they find online that's very useful uh, and work on uh, work on these kind of search queries together uh, and, and share with each other these useful nuggets of information that they find online. And so I did that for a few years um, uh, in America. Eventually, my co-founder moved over to Korea to try to build it out there. Uh, and then after that, um, I happened during that time was in Accelerator where I met my other co-founder, uh, Edison, uh, where currently we are building this startup, uh, which is a design and development uh, company uh, for making websites and mobile apps uh, called Programmation. So that's how I met you, Francis. So the, 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 this first startup, the Picorate, it's still operating? It's still, yes, it's still operating. He's still trying to build it. It's, right now, there's just a Korean version of it. Um, so it might be a little hard for you to navigate if you don't really speak Korean. But um, the the plan we still I still keep in contact with him. The plan is to eventually release a U.S. version or international version. But it's still it's still kind of in the beginning phases to try to work out you know what is the product market fit for for Pickering. Okay. Um, and so um, your role mainly uh, during your career was like a product designer. It's been <laughs> been a mix. Uh, I mean, before doing my MBA at Babson, I, I did a lot of teaching um, and I studied as a city planner architecture, did a bunch of different things within film, um, but had a lot of experience in design as well, obviously, so as, a, as an architecture and city planner. Um, but at, at Pickerit, you know, as for many startups, I'm sure people out there listening, um, you wear multiple hats. My official role was the CMO, the marketing guy, but obviously I was in charge of the product as well, talking to potential users, trying to get feedback to figure out what needs to be built, what's the value of them, and then communicating that with the development team, as well as trying to market the product and, and try to get users on board. Uh, these days, I am more of the COO of Programming Nation, um, but again, wearing multiple hats, small startup, doing everything from uh, business development, talking to clients, talking to developers, and trying to figure out exactly you know, what needs to be built managing that project uh, and just making sure we get across the finish line with a successful product to our clients. Okay, so uh, I find, so uh, when I was discussing with you, it was interesting to me because uh, on the first look, it looks like you have two different roles. One is more mm -hmm. uh, business oriented. So you are like developing a business and all those right. business questions around metrics and strategies and so on. And mm -hmm. the other is like designing a product. Uh, and I would um, please uh, explain a little bit how those two areas are connected and, and why they are connected. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it depends. So uh, at least with, with, you know, my current company, I myself, you know, I'm trying to grow the company. And so obviously I am thinking in terms of long-term strategy, strategizing, you know, how, how does a, a design and development company grow? And, and not just maybe getting more clients, but what are some smart ways to grow? But in addition, um, you know, with, with a small team, sometimes I also jump in and do design for our products, 
for, for Program Nation, but also for our clients as well, right? Um, but the other thing that I kind of take pride in with, with our clients is that uh, when, when we work with our clients, I try to assume the role as I am part of that company as well, right? It's not like they hired me as a separate um, you know, contractor to work on this thing. I've been, I was hired into the company to try to think about what to do best for a company. So even though they might hire us just for design and development, uh, I still try to think for these clients of ours, you know, what is, uh, you know, what is the product roadmap or what's the strategy, what should be done and make suggestions there. A lot of times I would say, you know, a lot of first time entrepreneurs have very big visions of what they want to build, um, but lacking a lot of resources. So a lot of times it's really trying to think about how do we, we scale the product down, down to like an MVP that we can put out there into the market to, uh, to generate some initial value generate some, you know, like um, excitement so that once we get some of the initial customers and some, you know, some, some money and whatnot and investors, then you can start building to that longer vision you have. And so a lot of times uh, entrepreneurs do have, you know, they're stuck in the like, I want everything at once. And it's not that easy, right? It takes a lot of time and effort to get there. And so a lot of times for on our side, you know, whereas we're designing or developing, we try to figure out what is that important piece first and build that. So that's where the strategy part and design development kind of comes along because we don't want to necessarily, I think same with you, we don't want to do, uh, you know, do anything that someone tells us without thinking through what is the most successful way of accomplishing it. Yeah. And I also think a lot of times at the beginning, uh, people think too much inside of the boxes and it's like one box for the design and one box for the marketing and one mm -hmm. box for uh, product development and so on but in reality all of these boxes should be tied together and and work together and actually the design starts with the business plan and also the business plan in a way starts starts with the design so it's it's yeah. different but it's also the same thing yeah that's why i would say uh right now as a smaller company you know we we have our you know, myself and the other team, we have our hands on every part of the company, right? It's not like we segregate the designers from each other, developers from each other, the marketing and the strategy from each other. Um, like you said, I think when you know all the pieces going in, um, that's when it's very, you have ideas that can integrate with each other and have some synergies to work well with each other, right? Um, you know, you can, for, for example, you have a business idea and you have a specific target niche uh, that you want to go after for this product, but you have to think about in marketing, how is that going to incorporate with each other, but also maybe in development, how can you add in those analytics pieces? How do you, you know, how do you point the, a certain demographic of people or, you know, based on what they've been clicking on, on, on Google or ad, you know, making sure they go to the right place. And that's, you know, you have to do that within development as well, within design, you know, what, what is more visually appealing to them? What would capture the eye to click on? And unfortunately, not everyone is the same. Right, maybe the product has uh, the value of the product is um, can work across many different types of people, but they each are compelled to uh, are interested in different kind of wordings and graphics and and whatnot. So it is important to kind of understand holistically, you know, what is your product doing and understand your users and then you know design, develop, and market and strategize with everything in place. I agree with you. And and how do you bring all these pieces together? So what's your process? How do you start a new project? Um, I, you know, for at least for our clients, I think one of the first things we really want to understand is, you know, what is the problem, 
right? Uh, instead of, you know, a lot of times people are just really interested. I want, I want this. I want something that has a map that shows this. I want to show these data analytics. I want to, you know, uh, grab this information from the user. Those are all like features and whatnot, but at, at the very first thing usually that takes the most time is really trying to figure out what is the problem that you're trying to solve? And is that even the right problem? Sometimes there's a problem that's deeper within that uh, for that user. Um, so taking the time to really figure out what is the problem there and then what are the, you know, if it's a problem, what are the uh, users currently doing to solve that problem, right? There's are probably other competitors out there. There's probably substitutes that help them alleviate that. And so are, are we able to solve that problem in a way that's either 10 times better for them to, you know, convert over or what are we doing that would, you know, would benefit someone to be like, okay, well, I already have, you know, it's hard for someone to change what they normally do. So what can we do to provide enough value where it's like, oh, actually, let's, I'm going to leave my current, uh, you know, the current company I'm using or the current solution I'm using for this better one, right? So I think a lot of times there is a lot of effort to understand, research, talk to potential users about that problem, and then brainstorming those solutions. Uh, and then I would say, you know, uh, kind of more of a lean approach is then design it uh, on a on an MVP style, right? What is not building everything at once, but kind of what is the minimal uh, viable, but also valuable product that can be created with the least amount of resources to start testing. And usually for that, you know, it's, it's creating the design, showing those designs to potential users, getting feedback, see, you know, how they feel about it, do they see value, and then reiterating on that over and over again until we feel like, okay, there's people that, you know, some of our clients that are just like, they see the design, they work for it, it's like, okay, here's my money, right? When, when is it ready? I want to sign up for it now, right? And so that's maybe where some of the marketing comes in, where you can simply put up a landing page with a design, with a demo of design, with not actually developing the actual product at all, and have a sign-up page, right? And then generating those leads so that when you, you have the interest in potentially, you know, like Kickstarter or whatnot, some people might already be putting some money down. You can use that to actually develop the product that people want without, you know, building it first and then realizing no one wants it. And how, how many, so you mentioned that you uh, do, um, uh, you draw something and, and then you show mm -hmm. it to people and mm -hmm. you get the feedback and do another loop and how many loops, like, give me some examples, how many loops you usually do? How many I mean, times I, you go to people yeah. before they <laughs> start building? I think it's always important to, uh, you know, even before you start designing, that you're, you have people in mind that you're, you're going to design and develop for, right? Hopefully it's not just you that has the problem, because if it's just you that has the problem and you're assuming other people have the problem, at the end of the day, maybe that it's just yourself that's going to buy the product, right? So hopefully before any of that stage, you, you've talked to many people uh, that seem like, oh, I have the same problem you do. I'm curious what you're going to do. And so you kind of create this kind of research or focus group with them. And I would say, you know, throughout the whole process, you know, we do we do the wireframes first, then low fidelity mockups, then high uh, mid fidelity, then hi-fi. Uh, and then the hi-fi is, you know, what it hopefully will look like and you click around and use it. But every part of the process, I would try to incorporate, you know, those potential users that are interested about this, the problem and the solution. Um, once so, that's so, done, though... So, so, sorry, so before you go... Before you even start building, you go to the users three to four times. Yeah, yeah. Of course. yeah, yeah. As, medium, as, as many stages, yeah, as many yeah. stages as you can, you know, get their feedback because you don't, the idea here is that you don't want to go too far and then get feedback saying like, oh, that's not what I want at all. Or that's not, that's not, I don't see how this is helpful for me or what are you building here, right? So maybe even at the wireframe stage where you start mocking up like, okay, this is, 
you know, you're not looking at the design of this place. You're just thinking about, okay, these are what the function, the features will look like in the wireframe, right? And then see, get gauge their reaction when they go through it. Then you might iterate on the wireframe a little bit to help you with the lo-fi, right? But, you know, that I think for me, general concept here is that you never want to go spend too much time without talking to the people who may actually buy your product because you don't want to be time finding out later they don't want it. Okay, and so um, do you follow any, like uh, you mentioned Lean Startup, uh, mm-hmm. so that, that's your method- methodology, uh, or like, I don't know, design thinking or any other met- methods you're yeah. using? The Lean Startup and, uh, is something I do follow, even from uh, when I was doing my MBA, and design thinking is something that I do really like, this, this whole concept of trying to emphasize and, uh, and understand those users. And in... To an extent, we did this for Pickerit as well, where we would just go around like libraries and cafes and wherever we think people would be searching on Google for information. Like there are, you know, you can interview people. That's great. But some, you know, people do get biased when they're sitting in an environment that they're being interviewed for versus like you're watching them in their natural setting, you know, searching. And so like, you know, that's part of it for me, like that emphasized stage of design thinking where you really try to see what a, a user is doing. How do they research? Do they open multiple tabs? You know, how are they saving the, the things that they have? You know, are they copying and pasting it into a Word document? Are they emailing the notes to themselves? What are they doing? And just watching them in that natural setting uh, and then try to see patterns in that. So, um, and understand like, what are the different types of power users, you know, based on their, their kind of descriptions of who they are, right? So it's like understanding the user, then defining exactly where is the problem and then the other kind of two steps with design thinking where you you ideate, you brainstorm and ideate like potential solutions, and then you just prototype them as quick and cheap as possible. And then once you prototype, you just test it and you just go through as many as you can until you find something that seems to work. And then iterate on that and make it better and better. And you, you do this process also with your clients? Yeah, we. I mean, uh, we have all different types of clients, right? We have clients that have like, oh, we just, we have a bug, please fix this bug. Right, and that's that's not something we need to involve this whole process in. But for a lot of the startups that uh, that we work with, right, or new products that we work with, we don't tend to want to just jump into building the product as what they said, unless they've gone through extensive like uh, research and understand the customer. But usually, it, it it may not be the case. And so it's like we like to convey to the you know to the client as well here. It's it's good to go through these stages because. Uh, if we just build something that they say that might cost 50 to 200 grand and then later we build it all, well, that's fine with us, I guess, but then they have a product and they go try to market it at the end and no one wants it, then it, it was a waste of money, right? So we, we think of it as a, you know, spend a little bit, you know, spend less money in the beginning on just like designing and researching and talking to customers. And then, you know, usually it's about a, a month, a month and a half long process that we do with this uh, as we're designing. And hopefully that usually at that time, the clients have a better understanding of what they really want. Because in the beginning, they have this huge vision. And then later on, they're like, actually, that could wait. This could wait. This is the core value that I want to do now. And this is what I want to test with now. And then that's what we build first. Right. And then from there, if it works, then then we start adding, you know, the new functions and new value that they have. But ideally, you always incorporate the people that you're building for in mind. Right, and not just building for yourself. So, and w- when you're designing a new uh, 
a new project or a you know a new application, new website, you always follow the same pattern, or um, is like any differences, for example, for e-commerce or um, SaaS or other business types? Um, I think if we if you look at a, a high overview, the the general steps are always the same. This whole kind of lean startup, emphasizing understanding, is pretty much the same. Obviously, different industries and different type of business strategies might, you know, it's different on how we implement that, right? Some of it, it's not always a B2C, it might be B2B. We might not always have access to potential customers. And like you said, e-commerce versus SaaS versus like a, a, a mobile app that they download uh, versus like a, one of the clients we have is building like a, an app for schools for them to manage their, you know, the meetings for students and their classes and stuff like that. And so that's a it's it's a little different, right? Um, in terms of who are we talking to and maybe uh, what exactly the focus is. And if with SaaS as well, it's it's you have to I guess think about not only the end user but also like you know how are we you know how is this going to be a sustainable uh, product as well. You have to think about your not only your marketing but also like your customer acquisition costs, your pricing strategy, all those things to make your SaaS business model work, right? So there's other things to think about depending on the type of product and, and the business. And so, in your experiences, uh, what are the let's say top three mistakes people are usually doing when they they are you know trying to do a new project? What uh, usually goes wrong? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think one is, and that's happened before in my previous startups and other other startups I worked with, even at school. It's just, um, I think the first thing is people love their idea too much. Right, their initial idea too much, and they they don't go and try to get a constructive criticism or not willing to change their product. Right, I think there's a lot of companies out there that are really successful these days that didn't start the way they originally intended, right, and they were able to pivot. But so uh, it's really hard, uh, you know, when you've thought about an idea so long uh, that you really want to build it, and then you get some, you know, you're talking to customers or p- potential users like that's not what I want. I want this, and a lot of times. You know, a lot of times I would say entrepreneurs are so focused on their idea that they they are not willing to pivot and they they believe the customers are wrong and like like they don't know what they're talking about. Once I build it, they'll come to me kind of thing. And so that I, I think that's one of the biggest things. And and you know, one way to do that though is again this lean startup approach. Let's just build something cheap and small and let's just validate, right? Let's just see if what your assumptions are true or not um, before spending too much money on it. Um, uh, some other some other common I guess things that do happen. Scope creep is one that happens a lot. Currently in in, in my position with helping different clients is that you know they have an initial idea and as we keep working on it, uh, they suddenly get inspiration or motivation for like I want this, I want that, I want this, and they start losing track of their you know what their overall goal was, right? And so it's important to always kind of remind them that what is your original value that you're trying to give. And then if you're coming up with these other ideas, is it, is it helping that or is it detracting or, or moving away from that original value and going somewhere else? Right? And so sometimes they get kind of just get excited. They lose track of kind of what, what they really want to be working on. So um, those two are completely opposite. <laughs> the first one was that people, uh, they don't want to pivot because they are too stubborn in a way. Mm-hmm, and the, the mm-hmm. second one is they don't have a focus. So they, they, they pivot all the time or... Yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, it, it is. It's a little different. They pivot all the time, but based on their own, 
it could either be based on their own thinking suddenly, maybe they're taking a shower and it's like, oh my God, I had this idea. Or it could be like, again, they talk to maybe one user, right? Maybe they talk to a hundred people, but one person said, I want this. And they're like, oh, we, we, gotta, we gotta build that. But the thing is we have to remember what is the, the goal that we wanna do. And so that's why it, you, you do need to spend a lot of time thinking of what the original, the purpose and the value is. And then once you feel very confident about that, almost like a North Star, that's what's guiding you throughout, right? At least until until you're successful, then you can start thinking about other things to do. Um, but it, it's there's just so much as an entrepreneur, even even us as we're helping companies build their products. There's there's a lot of things going on, as you said, right? There's the design development, the, the business development, the marketing uh, strategy, pricing, and talking to customers. Um, that if you don't have a plan in place and a north star in place, you're eventually going to you know lose your 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 purpose and forget where you're going so so it's good to have that that piece thought out thoroughly first and how do you so w- when you are going through the through the project how how do you measure success like you know i, I imagine i mean in my experience like when you have and you're building a new app and you know it takes mm-hmm. three to five or six months how do you know when you are in the middle of the process that things are going in the right di- direction the inter- so the other interesting thing I would say is uh, at at programmation right now I'm helping other people build their their products at program uh, at Pickerit I was I had a product that I was trying to get developers to build for me so I was kind of in both sides of the 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 lane here um, in terms of you know I would say one as a project manager and a product uh, you know manager kind of piece here it's like what the most important thing is at least figuring out Having being organized and having, you know, going along with the time schedule that I have, making sure there's no delays. That's like the one big piece for me. But in terms of like just making sure we feel like things are going successful overall for the product is like, even though we might be designing and developing for a client, the client should also be very busy at the same time, right? And as we are designing things, they have assets to use either to talk to investors with they have, you know, as we're developing, we put stuff on staging for them to test. That's when they can already bring in, you know, test users to start playing around and get about. So they shouldn't be, you know, they, they themselves should also be very busy trying to grow their product. And if we're working together well, then we know what we're developing is being validated by users because the, the client is also showing those to investors and users. And they're, they're like excited and looking forward to to actually having the full platform and giving valuable feedback on what's working and what's not working, right? And so for me, that's, that's you know, it's not like, you know, spend six months and after six months, then you get the feedback. It's throughout the whole process, you're getting valuable feedback from the client and potential users that this is something that has value so that when we get to the end, hopefully on time, because there's always things that happen, then we know what we, what we created. There are people waiting at the end of the line that wants to pay for it and use it. And that's where, and you're not surprised, right? I don't want to be surprised by the fact that there are people waiting. I want to throughout the whole process, uh, like as you know, there's one of uh, clients that I have that already has people signed up to, like they're, you know, here it has a few people ready to use it. And after one month, it's going to be a couple hundred people. Like that's something I'm excited to hear. And I won't be surprised once I finish. So my job is to make sure I just build the thing on time exactly as the customers want it, right? Um, so, so I think uh, for me, that's how I measure success during that process. 
so you you're getting feedback from from your client and from the clients of the client. Correct, correct. Or usually, you know, clients of the clients tell tell the client what they're thinking. But there are times where we do get so in the process so. while you are building the product, you are already including the potential users, the end users. Correct, correct. Um, there is a client uh, that we have right now where we're building. You know, we have things on. On, on beta and test flight before the finished product where they're already incorporating patients to play around the product to get feedback on what works and what doesn't work. And that, you know, validates what we're doing, uh, that we're actually building something that's useful, right? At the end of the day, uh, we as a company don't want to just build things for money. We want to build things that actually have value for people that's going to be out there, right? I'm sure most designers and developers, they don't want to build something that's going to be gone, you know, in, in a couple of months or in a year. They want to be like, oh, I built that and it's, it's a big business now, right? And so we want to, you know, we feel the same way where we want to build something that has value. And so if during that process, we're getting valuable feedback and we know we're going in the right direction, then we feel much better about what we're doing too. And do you maybe have some, some stories, some examples when things went completely wrong? Like a <laughs> horror um, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, uh, my horror movie is on the other side. I have one you know, horror story on the other side as when I was working on Pickerit hiring uh, developers. And I'm sure you know, maybe a lot of my clients feel the same and I, I empathize with them. I know what it's like. You know, when, when co-founders of a company have no development skills, right? But they're trying to build a tech product, where do you go, right? Do you look for, you know, do you try to look for a CTO? But then finding a CTO is a very big, Thing. It's almost like getting in, you know, marrying someone because, you know, you're splitting equity. You've got to make business decisions together. Who knows how long you're going to stick together. That's hard, right? Making sure you find the right CTO. Then it's, okay, if you don't find a CTO, then it's, okay, do we hire, you know, uh, local developers? Uh, and then how do we know if they're good enough to do that and, and whatnot? And, uh, do we outsource? Uh, we went through uh, with, you know, with that company, that startup, we went through maybe like, four to five, maybe more different developers because each one didn't work out. Uh, they, they're too slow or they didn't understand what we're trying to do or they're too expensive. Uh, we interviewed like 30 of them and, and chose a few and then ended up finding one that kind of worked for us. But there was one that was recommended to us by a friend who was a freelancer um, and it seemed reasonable. He said he could do it on his own. He just needed like, um, I think he said he needed about 10 weeks to work on it. And every time we have these check-ins, you know, in the beginning, it seemed okay. He's like, I, I, re, I, I need one week to review, a second week to build the architecture diagram out and, and how, you know, how things are going to be laid out and work in databases. Great. And then as each week goes on, some other excuses come up. It's like, oh, I got really busy with this. Oh, I just moved. Oh, oh. And by, I think, the seventh or eighth week, right, there's only two weeks left to finish what we wanted, but that's supposed to take 10 weeks. Um, the person was like, oh, uh, no worries. Uh, if I, you know, work every day, you know, double the hours, I can get it done. And at one point, we're just saying, it's, it's impossible. In two weeks, it's just impossible to do what we want. And we have deadlines to, to, to hit. Um, and so we, we unfortunately paid part of the month, the, the starting fee of the product uh, was like a, you know, more than 10K. Um, and we asked for that back because nothing was done. And he spent all that money already um, and didn't have, he couldn't give us back the money. Uh, so, 
you know, like, you know, as a, as a, you know, entrepreneur, as a startup that doesn't have a lot of resources, that's a lot of time and a lot of money wasted for us, right? You know, 10,000 plus at that time to us felt like a lot, right? That could be used for many other things. Um, and so, you know, for I'm in the U.S., it's just not worth taking someone to court in the U.S. because that costs time and money too. And so, you know, that's just said that we just lost, you know, lost that money and lost that time and had to make up for it elsewhere. So that was on one side the horror story. The other side, um, um, I think the other side is always when there's too many people uh, working on a project together, right? If, if I and my team is in full control, then we have a better understanding. But when you have to work with different teams, there's just so much back and forth that things get delayed so, you know, by so much that you can't anticipate it and you have no control over it, right? Because there's other teams involved that you don't, you're not in charge of or supervising. Um, so, you know, I, I, over time as I'm working on, you know, on this company, I try to put, you know, some buffer so that clients don't get, you know, um, clients are not unhappy that, you know, oh, you promised me you're going to get it done this by this day and you didn't. But a lot of times there's just so many other factors involved. You just got to put in those buffer times um, so that they can plan accordingly. So those are, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of other horror stories, you know, there's, um, but the, the, those are just some that came to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always like to ask people to tell horror story because everyone is just saying how, you know, success stories and what went right. But I mm. think actually we learn a lot more from, from things when, when things are going wrong. Yes, yes, of course. I would say there is obviously we're still a startup. There's a time at our startup that we hit a very low point, right? We 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 just had a lot of projects uh, to do, but we weren't making enough money to kind of pay ourselves, and we're just staying up late all night. Um, and I I don't know if it's a problem or whatnot, but it's just yeah, a, planning is very important. Figuring out a correct business model is very important when you're doing a startup, especially like ours. Um, um, and at the end of the day, we're still, we're still a business. Uh, I think sometimes we are a little too nice and try to help our clients without making any money. Um, but you know, we need, we need to be around so that we can help them. Uh, but we did, uh, spend again, I think for this company, my, uh, uh, at the beginning of this company, we tried to grow the company by spending a lot of money on marketing, right? Google ads, Facebook ads. And then people would come to us saying like, oh, Hey, like, uh, let us help you. Uh, you know, generate leads and whatnot. Um, and, that, and at the end of the day, you know, all that money spent and we got zero, zero leads out of it. And so I think it's very important to either do your research to know exactly what you're doing and how you're spending that money. But also if you are trying to find a vendor to help you, um, you know, do your homework as well. Yeah, maybe also when you're hiring an agency, it's also a question, you know, can you really afford an agency? Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, you're basically hiring people, but not that you are hiring them, but you're hiring someone else to kind of hire people for you. Because mm -hmm. at the end, if you have an agency, you know, two or five or a team will, will work on your behalf. Mm -hmm. And they also have like, I don't know, three to four other clients probably they are working on. So, exactly. um, I mean, at the end, yes, they are an, an expert. I mean, we are an agency and we are an expert, but... If you are a startup, I wouldn't advise to hire an, an agency, just being brutally mm -hmm. honest, because it's um, it probably won't work. Mm -hmm. It's too much things. So you you don't, you know, 
in some cases it might work, but in general, you still like maybe you do a pivot, maybe you don't have a proper product market fit and you have to change a lot. And it's yeah. it's not really fair to expect from an agency to do this for you. Usually when you are hiring an agency, you have to tell them uh, some objections, targeting, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. So I think agency is cool when you want to scale or grow, but not, not yeah. when you're a startup. Not in the beginning. Yeah, not the product market fit. Like you have to have... You have questions you need answered before you know you're able to sell yourself out there, right? Yeah, yeah and before it make you know you have to ask yourself. So you have to reach the point when you ask yourself, okay, it's, it doesn't make sense for me to do this. I would rather hire someone. But at mm-hmm. the beginning, it makes sense for you to do it because you have to know how to yeah. sell your product. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep, I agree. Okay. Um, last question. Uh, what you will think? Uh, uh, what you what do you think? Two thousand twenty two will bring to us. What will trend? Oh, um, I mean, it might be you know, it might be cliche or you know, many people have said this already, but I mean, you know, our world is still very much affected by COVID, right? And how COVID has pushed us into a you know, uh, people into using more technology, adopting new technologies, and maybe staying at home. So. I think there's going to be a lot of things that are in the future related to that uh, in terms of being more digital, whether it's telehealth, uh, you know, being able to uh, check your health while on the phone or having to go into the hospital, um, but also working from home and the technologies that revolve working from home, uh, going to school from home, right? Do we, I think people are starting to question, do I need to go there? Right, you know, or, or can certain things be done, you know, within the comforts of where I want to be and, 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 you know, within my lifestyle, right? I think people are realizing that they don't have, they can live the life they want or travel or whatever and still do the things that they need to do. I think that's there. Um, I, I don't know too much about it, but I mean, it's, it's in the news all the time, you know, crypto and, and, and uh, you know, cryptocurrencies and, and uh, blockchain technology, we'll see how how that might change how things are going in the future in terms of that area. Um, but it, I think in terms of, uh, just in terms of the work that we're getting, we're getting more and more work in, in relation to like health, health and wellness kind of things. And I think people are starting to, it might be because of COVID, they're starting to worry about themselves and their health and maybe they're staying at home. So they're not getting enough exercise or they're not getting their, you know, uh, keep the friends around them or loved ones around them, they're by themselves. And I think there's more and more of these uh, products that will come out that has to do with making sure you, you yourself are healthy mentally and physically. Um, and we'll see how, you know, what kind of things will come out there. In that sense. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> not, I'm not too happy to have more COVID, but I guess one, one year of COVID ahead of us. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully we got it under wraps. I'm I'm a little tired of working from home, and I want to be out and about, kind of. So at the moment, uh, programmation, you're uh, working from home completely, or do you have some kind of hybrid, partly from home, partly in the office? Yeah, we're we're hybrid. Our, our whole team is remote. Um, you know, from from the conception of the or inception of the business, everyone's been remote. But we do have a. Uh, we have a co-working space, so we have an actual office, but that office is a co-working space that allows us to uh, go to other 
branches of that co-working space. So it, it provides the flexibility. Sometimes we, you know, kind of before COVID, we used to travel to our clients. Um, also, because I'm I'm located in a different place than my co-founder, you know, we have to go to different offices sometimes to do our work. So we 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 are very much remote, uh, flexible kind of work culture at our place. Good and bad. Obviously, we, as you know, I, I work late nights as well. <laughs> you know, so our, you know, it's a startup, right? We're not. It's not a nine to five company, right? It's, it's whatever needs to be done. Whatever. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a trend. Nine to five companies are disappearing. Even people who are working in the nine to five companies, they say that they don't work nine to five. They work all over the place. Exactly. Exactly. But again, if that's what if that what works for them, I think that's important. Right. You don't have to follow the traditional schedule as long as you get the work done and as long as you're happy, that's fine. Well, you mentioned before that um, uh, mental health issues are on the rise. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, I think I think, yeah, being trapped at home with COVID and everything, all the things that are going around the world. Yeah. And working all the time and working all the time. Yep. Yep. So hopefully, okay. hopefully things will get better. Um. Elvis, I really uh, appreciate you. You joined. Uh, you joined us. Uh, I think mm -hmm. you shared a lot of uh, useful tips here. A lot of insights our listeners can can use in their day to day life. Um, I wish you all the best, and I hope we will do this again next year. All right. All right. Thanks, Francie. Have a good one, everyone.